When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Hello, everyone. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on Sunday, July 24th. The first series after the All-Star break is in the books. The Cubs break out the brooms in Philadelphia and Brendan, they that. are going to be buyers at the deadline, right? Four-game win streak, just keep doing it, win every day for the next month and a half, you know, buy a few players, and they'll if be back they in the division race court. they lose again, Brendan, they I can know. really do something I know. here. It's a little jarring when you even, like, make a joke like that, and then you look and you go, they'd have yeah. to win 19 straight games to get to 500. It's like <laughs> It can... It has happened, Corey. It has happened before. Not just to get to 500. Yeah, that's you know that 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 they'll need to go beyond that, but they can do yeah, it. Don't make me call the uh, <laughs> the mental asylum on you and have them take you away. Uh, watch them actually do it, though. Could you imagine this? Well, wait, did that? What, what are you talking yourself into something that's definitely not going to happen? No. Um, yeah. So. Jokes aside, uh, this was a really nice Maybe weekend, I Brendan. I mean, and you know, it's it's interesting too. Like this Phillies team spent a lot of money in this off season. I think they left the game on Sunday, yeah. maybe a game and a half out of the wild card race. So th- this is a team that really needed to show up to start this second half. And the team that showed up this weekend was the Chicago Cubs. Can you believe that too? I mean, just the. Like, I can put myself in that situation from, from a few years ago, like the 2017 season, for example, right? You have high expectations, you know, from the Phillies' point of view, they have new players like Castellanos, who's not performing well. You got some media backlash within this series. And, you know, these instances always remind me just how valuable and important 2016 was, there, where there was like Why? little what hiccups. Uh, they won the World Series, Corey, by the way. Uh, the Cubs did, oh. 2016. I know. Can you believe cool. that? Unreal. But like, even looking at Castellanos' numbers, right? Um, you know, he's a 289 weighted on base average. That that is that is bizarre yeah. to see. It's wild. And their spending is really wild. They're spending a hundred million on Castellanos. So surprising from um, you know that point of view. But it's it's just it's kind of funny, Corey, to see the Cubs go in there in Philly after a week off and do that. 
to a playoff contender. <laughs> yeah, and one it was nice to see. You know, we've talked about it a lot. Um, you and I, and and everybody a part of uh, the CHGO Cubs team has talked about how, you know, kind of the real lows of this season. Um, you know, were were particularly difficult to go through and embarrassing at times, and you know, not necessarily what we expected, right? And I think what we were kind of hoping for is is more competitive series like this. Obviously, they win all three games here this weekend. Um, but one of the things we were hoping coming into this season is even if they're not going to be great, even if they don't end up competing for a playoff spot, which they're certainly not, um, you know, to be somewhat competitive. And those real lows felt worse than this team really was, right? It's, it's not mm-hmm. a good team, but those series where they were getting swept and and giving up, you know, losing by 15 runs every other day, right? That 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 stretch maybe a month or so ago felt worse than this team ought to be, right? So yeah. it's nice to come out of this All-Star break, win some games, and I think we saw on this weekend Brendan that we can jump into in a second here this was a really good weekend if you are future oriented which i think we all need to be right we like, have no choice but to be yes uh but the performances of guys that we've been talking about all season and the performance of guys that are going to play key roles for this organization in the years to come was was really nice this weekend this was a nice little peek into uh, the the future perhaps and and it's important that that happens right if if so many of these guys aren't performing the future gets a little murkier right and instead I think we're we're getting the opposite I really do think we are getting some some answers on on some key questions uh, that we had coming into the season and even some that we didn't know we would be having coming into the season and I think those answers are are largely really positive. Very positive. Going into this episode, you know, I'm thinking, when was the last time we had so many optimistic topics to discuss from the minor leaguers to the current series to younger guys on the major league roster performing well to potential, uh, you know, trade candidates like Smiley showcasing their health and pitching well? We have to savor these moments, Corey. Yeah. This particular episode may be the most optimistic, I guess, you know, relatively speaking, happiest we've been in over a year. It, with it within the, the context, within right? The context. We are That's not happy relative. about the general state of this organization. And I think uh we are not going to be happy uh in the next week or so. There you go. Just bring right? it right down. Just I can bring it so down fast, even further. So uh, if you're in Chicago and you have nothing to do on Monday and Tuesday, you might want to buy a ticket to Wrigley Field to watch Wilson what Contreras play. Because I'm trying to keep the tone positive, right? And you bring it down. Well, I don't want people to think seconds. we're nuts, Brendan. Right? There well, is they already do. Still so some bad. So I'm just, you know, it's levity, right? Just give me like uh, three days to enjoy this. Jesus. Yeah. So, well, I just don't want, you know, it's not all, what, what did John Lester say in his blackout <laughs> drunk speech after they win the 2017 <laughs> and like peaches NLDS, and roses, peaches or, something and like roses or something like that? Yeah. yeah. It's not all well, peaches and roses, but yeah. this weekend did showcase, again, as we always say, like we all have our feelings on what the organization is doing and, and certainly what they're going to do at this trade deadline here. Um, but that's the path they've chosen, and the best that we can do as fans and people trying to analyze this team is hope mm. that that plan goes well. And this weekend did showcase some things that are going to help that 
process in, in you know, maybe yeah, be a little faster, right? Um, so let's get into it. Let's look at these uh, three games. Before I do that, though, I want to give a shout out to uh, our colleagues uh, on the CHGO Cubs podcast, uh, Luke, Cody, Ryan, and Jared. They were live for like five hours on Sunday, uh, pregame, during the game, and postgame. Um, look at that covering the game, staying live throughout the game, uh, going through a lot of those uh, points bet, live betting, uh, you know, odds that that you could capitalize on. Just want to give a shout out to uh, those four guys uh, for a great job on Sunday. If you missed that, check it out on YouTube, um, the pregame, the the show that stayed live during the game, and then, of course, the postgame. Uh, really great work from those guys, and Brendan and I, as always, are, are very happy to be uh, a part of this CHGO Cubs team. Uh, but let's get into these three games with the Phillies on Friday, the first game after the All-Star break. The Cubs offense explodes. 15 runs, Brendan. 19 hits for these Chicago Cubs. Uh, it was an onslaught by the Cubs offense. Justin Steele picks up his fourth win in this one. Not his best start, uh, but something that we've talked about before with Justin Steele is that he kind of, and I think our guy Ryan Herrera has mentioned this a lot, like he has a little bit of John Lester in him in that he battles when he doesn't have his best stuff, right? He he guts it out. So he got you five innings on Friday night, four hits, just the one run, four walks, a little high, does give up a, a, a home run, strikes out two, So not the best outing that we've seen from Justin, uh, but 89 pitches and the ability to go five innings and limit the damage uh, is is really key on nights where your command is a little off. You don't have your best stuff, but you you keep the team in the game. You you gut out five innings. It it was a a solid performance by Justin Steele. Uh, The Cubs get their runs in this one. It, It started bad, Brendan. Kyle Schwarber started this game with a home run. Uh, on the first pitch that he saw, and it it felt like, okay, here we go, the second half, and from there, uh, it was all Cubs. Wilson Contreras with his 14th home run, Christopher Morell brings in two with a double, Ian Happ with an RBI single, Nico Horner brings in two with a double, Patrick Wisdom with an RBI double, Nelson Velasquez with his first home run of the game, this coming off of the bench, which was even more impressive. Uh, that made it 9-1 to one in the eighth inning. Ian Happ added an RBI to make it 10. Nelson Velasquez came back up in the ninth, his fourth homer of the year. We'll be talking about Nelson a little bit on this podcast. And then Seiya Suzuki with his seventh home run of the year. That got us to 15, but just really great numbers for the guys in this game. Five RBIs with those two homers from Nelson Velasquez. Seiya Suzuki was four for five with two RBIs and a walk. A really nice game for Seiya Suzuki. He didn't have a great rest of the weekend, but a really nice game on Friday night. And then on Saturday, it was a 6-2 to two Cubs win. It was 1-1 to one going into the 10th inning, and the Cubs put up a 5-spot. Who were these extra inning Cubs, Brendan, and where have they been for the last, like, two months? Right. Um, a really great start from Marcus Stroman. Uh, six innings, five hits, just one earned run, two walks, and five strikeouts. 86 pitches for Stroman. Uh, really nice outing for Marcus. We'll talk a little bit about him. 
Stephen Brault was good in relief, an inning and a third, no runs. Givens, two-thirds of an inning, no runs. David Robertson picks up his third win of the year on Saturday. He would get a save on Sunday. And Brandon Hughes, uh, they do score a run, the Phillies, but it's unearned as it was an extra inning. So a really nice display from the Cubs' bullpen as a whole. And the Cubs got their runs in this one. Nico Horner in the second, Brendan. Nico. His sixth Nico. home run of the Six? season. We love the slug, Brendan. Bump that ISO up a little bit, right? Yep, yep. Oh, my God. So good to see. And then in the 10th, we were tied, but Frank reached on a fielder's choice. That brought in a run. Christopher Morell with an RBI single. Nelson Velasquez reached on an error. That made it 5-1. to And then Wilson Contreras made it 6 with a double. And that would be all that she wrote on Saturday. On Sunday, the Cubs hold on. They led 4 to nothing in this game. The Phillies scored 3 unanswered, but that... Uh, simple math, Brendan. Not enough. Cubs win enough. four to three. Really nice start from Drew Smiley, a quality start. We'll talk a little bit about him and his value here to the organization. Six innings, four hits, two runs, just one of them earned, no walks, and four strikeouts. Scott Efros, uh, two hits in an inning of relief, no runs, no walks. Chris Martin does give up a run, but I think his peripherals still look pretty good, Brendan. So I think as a veteran, he'll be attractive at this trade deadline. And then David Robertson with another save, his 14th of the year, he lowers his ERA to 1.83. This was another Jan Gomes game, Brennan. Two home runs in this game. Nelson Velasquez hits another home run, his third of the weekend, his fifth of the year, and Christopher Morell had an RBI double. So that is the series. A lot going on, Brendan, but it, it, uh, the vast majority of it, really good. Very good. Uh, probably the best series, I guess, of the it year when you look be, at— right? It's our only sweep. Uh, only, so I think it would have to be. But it's the way they go about doing it too, right? It's just like not only are you winning the games, but it's just the way you go about doing yeah. that. Morell had a phenomenal series. Seiya in that first game, you know, the home run, multiple hits. I know he struggled the last two games. Velasquez looking great. So overall, you come away with this also feeling good about like the future guys who are going to be relevant for this team. So right. that's that's what I mean about that. So yeah, really good to see for sure. And and you know the the vast majority of guys you might be looking to get value from at the trade deadline also. That too. So yeah, no, it's good when you're looking through these box scores and the names that you're coming up a lot in terms of how the Cubs are scoring their runs are as you said Velasquez, Suzuki, mm-hmm. Horner. Morell, right? That was a vast majority of the names that I oh, read. Yeah. Uh, and those guys, you know, that's kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. Those guys are, are going to be here. They're going to be pieces for the future. Uh, so you want them to be doing well, and they did. But I, I want to start with Christopher Morell. We've obviously talked about him a lot, but the the further we get into this season, Brendan, right, the more serious this discussion becomes. He's over 250 plate appearances on the year, and what I I wanted to talk about, uh, so first of all, on this weekend, he goes three for five on uh, Friday in Friday's game. On Saturday, he goes two for three. And then on Sunday, he's back in the leadoff spot, two for four. So first of all, what a weekend at the plate. Mm -hmm. He played uh, two positions, second base and center field. He showed off his speed on the bases multiple times. He did it with the bat. But I, what I, I really wanted to, to hone in on is something that was brought up uh, by friend of the podcast, Matt Clapp, at the Blog Finds on Twitter, something he was talking about on social media this weekend. Christopher Murrell has great numbers. 
Brendan. They're easy to look at and be like, wow, this is great. 255 plate appearances, a 366 weighted on base average, a 136 WRC plus, a slash line of 283 for his batting average, 354 on base, 496 slug. He's got nine homers. He's driven in 29. He's 23 years old. That stuff, very easy to look at and go, yeah, this is great, right? Mm -hmm. Duh. What Matt was talking about, and I thought it was a really great point, he related this back to like Javi Baez in 2016 specifically, or Ben Zobrist during that period. And what the, the, the point was with Christopher Morell and what's so exciting about him is that he provides value that I don't think metrics are going to properly value, right? And what do you mean? That is the value to the team specifically, right? When you think about Javi, and what he did in 2016 specifically. He played all over the field, right? We saw when Lester was on the mound, for instance, he was at third a lot. He would play second. He was at short if Russell was off. He was doing everything, right? And that ability, same with Ben Zobrist, right? Some days he would start at second, some days he'd be in the outfield, whatever they needed. That value to a team is huge, the ability to play so many positions. And you saw it this weekend in Philadelphia. He's at second base making sliding incredible plays. He's shifted over to the shortstop hole making incredible plays there. We've seen him throw guys, you know, 99 miles an hour out at home plate from center field. The ability for David Ross to structure a lineup that includes Christopher Morrell, but with that flexibility, right, is so valuable. And it, it's valuable as Jed Hoyer tries to build this team going forward. If you have an attractive free agent or a trade target that plays a particular position that maybe Morrell might otherwise play, move Morrell somewhere else, right? right? It's, it's a value that like, you have to watch and, and pay attention to the team to, I think, really be able to properly appreciate. And it, it, it was, I just thought it was a good point relating it back to the way that the Cubs used Javi in 2016 or used Ben Zobrist in that, yes, their, their slash line, their numbers are good. Their value in the field is good. You can see that. But that flexibility and the ability to move them around based on who, you're, who, you, who your pitcher is, where you want the defense, the pitcher you're facing, where you want him in the lineup. He led off this weekend in Philly. He hit ninth this weekend in Philly. Yeah. It, it's a value that you, you can't—I I don't think you can properly measure, Brendan, but it is absolutely crucial when you look back at how the Cubs succeeded in that last era. Yeah, with Morrell, because he can play multiple positions, and yes, because of that, you can bring in free agents that might be a little bit more flexible to the team because you can shift over Morrell, but— What's more impressive to me is just the way he's actually going out and adjusting as well. And it reminds me, and Fangrass pointed this out, but it reminds me of what the Dodgers have done with Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor is making $60 million over four years through 2025. Uh, Chris Taylor plays every position, plays every infield position, has not gotten innings at first base, but I'm sure if he needed to, he could. But he played every and continues to play every outfield position as well with some competence um, in addition to that flexibility. But it's not just like that that flexibility. It's the way that both Morrell and Taylor 
go about their offensive profile. One of the points of emphasis that I want to see Morrell kind of you know address as he continues to age, which I think he can, is making more contact. And with Morrell, he makes contact in the bottom second percentile of the league. So that's that's not great, right? But one of the issues as he was going through the system was, can he lay off bad pitches? Is he just going to be this hyper-aggressive, fast-twitch guy? He's already shown he's able to do that. His his chase rate is now well above league average, and that surprised me, surprised, I believe, other people who have been evaluating him for many years. And it goes to show you that Morel has shown the ability to adjust in unpredictable ways. But Taylor also has similar profiles where he doesn't make that much contact. So Morel makes contact against 65% of his pitches. Taylor makes contact around... 70% of his pitches, which for Taylor, he's not this big power guy. You want to see more power, but he's able to, for some reason, to still put up good offensive numbers. For example, 2018, uh, put up a Woba of 335, 2019, 331, short in 2020, 360, 2021, 338. This year, uh, almost 320. So he's pretty consistent on a year-to-year basis, striking out close to 30% of the time in every single year and walking around 9% of the time. These are Christopher Merrill numbers, offensive numbers to the T. And to do that with good base running, you know, getting some stolen bases, playing defense all across the diamond, it seems to be like almost a really fair comparison and the Cubs can get Morrell turning into a Chris Taylor. That is so valuable. Yeah. You've seen the way LA has maneuvered their roster around. Right, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And I, from a fan's perspective, that is so fun to watch. You saw it with, with Ben Zobris for years, and now you're going to get the ability to do that with hopefully at his peak ceiling value with Morrell for the next six seasons. I mean, that is a luxury, Corey. Yeah, it's it's a good point that you brought up there. Like, you look at the way that LA has maneuvered their roster, right? Like, trading for Trey Turner or having Gavin Lux at second base or moving Cody Bellinger around, right? right? Like, they don't have to worry about how to utilize someone like Taylor because they just put him somewhere else, right? And he figures it out. He adjusts. He puts in that work to to make the defense work and, and however you need them to be utilized. And I think that all they, they're not direct comparisons, right? Taylor, Zobrist, Baez, they're, they're all very different players. But the, the yeah. point is just that it gives the Cubs front office such flexibility when making moves and it gives David Ross such flexibility to be able to say, you know, we're facing this pitcher today, so we're going to have Ortega lead off, but we're going to keep Morel in the lineup. We're going to put him in the nine spot. He has that speed in the nine spot, can still do his thing at the plate. And, you know, if we want him at second base, great. You know, if you want him in center field, great. You know, he can play third, he can play short. And you just don't have to consider those things. It's it's such a value when you think Huge about value. that versus guys who have to play a strict position, right? And they can't move or their defense takes a huge hit or it just doesn't work, right? It's it's just such a it's it's such a luxury to have when you have a player like this. And the fact that he's doing this at 23 years old in his rookie season, I, this is a game changer. We've talked about this For since sure. he came up, but this is a game changer as far as how 
Jed is looking, I think, at this offseason, how he's looking at the the path that they're on. I mean, this is a 23. He's got a, he's got a 136 WRC plus, Brendan. Well, it's good for his development, too. You think of instances in years past, like Solaire for the Cubs. Solaire couldn't develop on this team because it didn't work out roster-wise, right? right. So they made yeah, a decision. Yeah, they made a decision. All right, well, you know, we're not going to give this guy opportunities because we're so jammed. Right. We're, his value is best served in Wade Davis. Um, and you've seen this even recently with uh, with like Ian Happ, right? Like Ian Happ played a little bit of second base in the past. He can play the outfield, left field, center field. And I'm reminded, too, since we're talking about it, Nelson Velasquez can play center field, right? So because Morrell can play second base or shortstop or third base, you know, he plays second base all three games. He started in center field in the last game, but he was able to move to second base as the game uh, progressed there. That is huge for Morrell's development. Also, to give other guys, including Velasquez and maybe, you know, Crook when he comes up and Jackson Frazier and Matt Mervis, uh, Matt Mervis at first base, maybe they move wisdom around. Um, it gives this team so much opportunities to maximize their developmental potential, Corey. Yep, absolutely. All right, so a quick break here from our sponsor, Points Bets. The best way to support CHGO is to download the Points Bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk free bets up to 2000 bucks, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you will receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Uh, there was a round table published this weekend by our guy, Ryan Herrera, and includes some texts from Corey and I and the other guys at CSGO about the second half. So if you want to tune into that, um, some good content there. And uh, that's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making that $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allcsgo.com, and we'll help you out. Your home for live in-play betting just got even better. Seeing Edge in the game you are watching is your favorite team prime for a comeback. Don't just watch the game. Bet along with it live. More live betting, more live markets, and faster live cash-outs. Follow along with your bets the moment they hit, and stay in live action all game long download the points bet app right now and use promo code chgo so what are you waiting for it's time to elevate your live betting game once the game starts don't just bet live your bet live with points bet if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants to help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services our second sponsor here, Owen. I have to tell you about Owen, which stands for only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All of their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and easily digestible. I first heard about Owen from Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, who follows a plant-based diet. Both Fields and I are elite athletes, so I had to try these drinks out for myself. They taste great, and I I know I'm getting quality nutrition that I might otherwise miss during my busy day. I pop a few of these in the morning during my week. Tastes great. I know I'm being covered. Owen and CHGO have partnered up to give you a free awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields to try Owen, only what you need. Yeah, and so Brendan, I'm I'm perusing social media as we're recording this uh, mm-hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Not listening to me, of course. Yep. No, and there's photos of Christopher Morell uh, still signing autographs for Cubs fans, uh, and it like look at that. It's kind of hard to see in you know the whole stadium in the picture, but in the background, there's there's nobody there. So this <laughs> is far after the game has ended, clearly, 
and he's him. still out there signing autographs, saying hello to Cubs fans. He's, you know, we've talked before. He's got an eighty grade smile. Like this guy just rules. That's, is he like the happiest baseball player of all time? I, 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 like he, I think question. so. But it's I can it's it's, it's so refreshing, and you know, really, what you wanted to see from this season, if the Cubs weren't going to go for it, um, you know, like we kind of all saw the writing on the wall. You want to see these guys getting opportunities and creating these relationships with fans and, and seizing these opportunities. And I mean, I, I'm not sure there's a better case for this than Christopher Morell. He's, he's yeah. going to be in the discussion to be the rookie of the year. I mean, he might be a three-win player. Brendan is know, a 23-year-old rookie. Know, this is incredible. It's, 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 beyond, it's beyond incredible. I had no expectations this would happen. He's well on his way, Corey, to becoming a fan favorite. Like, it's pretty obvious. I think he's already there. He might be, right? And especially right now, filling that void of other guys having left recently in this right. year, potentially huge for this team. Yeah. So staying on that line, let's talk a little bit about Nelson Velasquez, who uh, okay. is, is getting an opportunity, certainly got some shots this weekend. Again, two pinch hit home runs with five RBIs in the game on Friday. Uh, gets in there again as a pinch hitter on, in the game on Saturday, scores a run, takes a walk. Um, so that's always nice to see. And then on Sunday gets the start, hits in the nine hole playing left field, two for three with an RBI and a walk. Uh, this looks really good so far, Brendan, from Nelson Velasquez. And he's one of those guys, you know, he was the, the, the MVP in the Arizona Fall League uh, last year. And so, you know, he was kind of on everybody's radar. Uh, but this is a very strong start to his career and someone you, you want to see continue to get these opportunities. He only got 75 plate appearances so far in 2022, but you look through the numbers, um, he's got five home runs already. We know the power is there, right? That's, that's something that we're not really worried about. Um, 246 average, 307 on base, 536 slug, good for a 131 WRC plus. So 75 plate appearances. It's not a huge sample, but this is what you want to see. Give him an opportunity, see what he can do, and see how you kind of envision this bat playing going forward. But make no question about it. The the dude's power plays at the major league level. Mm, it does. Uh, you see it on display, right? Like he was able to even hit a low breaking pitch for his most recent home run in that Philly series. But He's such a big guy. He's still athletic. Like he's still playing center field, which is really great to see because, as we talked about, and relating this back to Solaire, Solaire had that power potential. Just he was stuck in in right field. Uh, Velasquez being able to play center field and being like actually competent potentially or not a liability in center field is is a huge plus for his development. With him. I want to see him play as much as possible. Uh, I talked about this maybe in the last episode, wrote about it, but with him, because of that power potential, he has a 60 out of 80 power potential by Fangraphs. That's a standard deviation above the rest of the league. You want to see him get as many opportunities as possible to not only succeed, but go through that fast adjustment process. We're already approaching August here. We're a week away, and there's only going to be, you know, I guess maybe... 150 plate appearances, 200 plate appearances left. I want to get as big of a sample size as possible going into the offseason to know, okay, Velasquez might be a guy for 2023 in this role. Or you know what? If it doesn't work out, we need to figure out ways to supplement this team through free agency. For me right now, it's getting the best idea possible for the entire team. But 
specifically for me, I'm really interested in Velasquez because he could be that guy that could be that heavy, heavy power guy. And maybe, you know, I guess as an average projection, perhaps a platoon guy next year because he's doing well against lefties. Although with that power potential and his youth, you can imagine him being more of a significant player at his best um, for the top percentile projection. But at the very least, Corey, you know, if you give him that bats against lefties, you may alter your free agent thinking going into 2023 if they intend to use him as more of a platoon guy, for example. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, one of the things that you really just wanted to see in this particular season, like, the two guys that we've talked about primarily so far, they're 23 years old, right? So when you're able to get this production uh, at this level from guys that are this young, like, that's what you wanted this season to be about. And I think we're obviously going to see a lot more going forward here. Uh, We've also seen really strong stuff from guys like Nico and Seiya Suzuki, but that's what you wanted to see. And, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, you mentioned Matt Mervis, guys like that. Like, we're, I, we're assuredly going to see more of them. Um, you know, so what what we see from them in this second half and how they're integrated into the plans going forward, you kind of have to see how the rest of this season plays out and, and how the Cubs decide to build their roster after the trade deadline and, and going into this offseason. Um, but, this is exciting, Brendan. Like these guys are coming up, they're getting an opportunity, and for a lot of them, they're they're really taking it. Uh, you know, they're they're grabbing the bull by the horns and 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 making the most of this opportunity and and raising yeah. some intriguing questions as for you know this front office and and uh, David Ross building yeah. these lineups. Well, I guess it's a, a good problem to have, but I'm trying to figure out how do you give all these guys opportunities, right? I'm also interested in Crook, who's in AAA right now because he has the same type of power potential. I'm also interested in Jackson Frazier, formerly known as Clint Frazier, in, in AAA right now. And I want to see Morel continue to get get at-bats. We'll see what happens with Hap. Perhaps he's traded, but if he's still on the team, it, it further complicates the situation. But there's so many ways the Cubs can go about fielding this second-half team. I just have a hard time in my mind trying to figure out what is the best path forward? Because I want to compete next season. And I think some of these guys can be useful pieces for next season, but I don't want to go down that that route where you're not giving these guys ample time to adjust. We've kind of seen the consequences of that in the past era where you didn't see, you know, for example, like Solaire kind of get consistent playing time. Even Javi during that that early stretch, you know, he's at second base and third base, ultimately became a shortstop, but he didn't have like the everyday consistent playing time either for a little bit. And you don't know what the effects are on his development, both in the positive and negative directions there. So for me, you know, and Hayward's coming back maybe soon. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I know you want to hear that, but for me, I need to see right away. These guys get at best consistently and I need to see Ross be creative and maximizing these opportunities. And that might mean, you know what, Frank Schwindel, you're gone. Like Rivas, like, you know, unfortunately you may be gone as well just to give these guys opportunities on the roster. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that before and it's just something that you have to, you have to consider. I I mean, there, it's a tough call. Um, but 
you have to find ways to give these guys opportunities. And unfortunately, some guys aren't going to get, you know, maybe a full season's worth of an opportunity, but you you have a limited window here and you have to sort of see what you have in some of these guys. Uh, because hopefully, as you go forward here, I mean, I think most of us are hoping that 2023 is not similar to this year. Um, you know, so you may not have that time to say, hey, let's experiment with this guy, right? Um, you got to try to get some answers here, and that might involve some tough decisions. But, you know, we, we bring that up so frequently, I think, because when you see what Morell is doing, when you see what Nelson Velasquez has done in, 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 you know, the limited opportunity that he's had so far, it, you know, gets you to a point where it's like, yeah, like I don't want to see these older guys who are not going to be a part of the next great Cubs team getting opportunities instead of them. It's not always going to work right? Like Rivas, you know, has been pretty disappointing, I think, at first base. Um, But you got to give it a shot. And you need to keep doing that. There's too many guys in this system that are performing well and kind of knocking on the door and commanding an opportunity, at least a look, a cup of coffee at minimum. Like, you can't keep doing stuff that doesn't have value to the long-term health of the organization, especially when you're seeing it. Like, Christopher Morell is, you know, it's just such a an amazing way this is playing out as this team goes forward here. You have to see if you can find more of those. This is why we were kind of so frustrated earlier on when you see Hayward get opportunities and you saw uh, Frazier get DFA'd and accept that um, reassignment down to AAA because in our minds, and I know we share the same sentiment as many, many other Cub fans, we knew that by August, we would still be having these conversations, right? So you need to find a way to get as many plate appearances as possible for these guys. And Crook was not even on the forefront of my mind three months ago, but he's done so well in AAA now, that now he's become a guy. And same thing with Morrell. I don't think he was, I keep saying this, but he was not on the forefront of most people's mind as being a significant contributor to 2022. So you don't know what else is going to happen. You don't know what these guys can do with opportunities and force their way in to a lineup. At this point, you have to make the most of those scenarios because I'm looking at the current minor league system you know, Micah Crowded as well. You might have to, you know, like you have like PCA, right, doing so well. Um, you know, we have a lot of outfielders as well. You need to increase the sample size that they can get these at best because next season, you know, the same type of crunch still may be going on. You want to just look at this, not just in a one-year window, but a multi-year window. Get these guys as many at-bats as possible. Yeah, I, you had a, a whale of a weekend in the farm system. I mean, so, crazy. Yeah, you're going to have guys that need to get moved up. They need to graduate to the next level. And, you know, for some of them, that's the major leagues. So uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good—the the, the health of the organization as a whole is in a good place, right? The direction at the major mm-hmm. league level in the next week and, like, things like that, you know, we'll see how that plays out over the next uh, week and then, you know, six months or so right? But the the plan as far as loading up this system, building young talent, and being able to graduate that to the major league level, that is going well so far. That's what you want, right? Like, it's that that's, that's what you want to be happening here. And I think, uh, you know, worth talking before we hit our second break here, Brendan, uh, you know, what it, how were you feeling when Nico hit that six uh, home I mean, run? It's just, I, I kind of black out when that when it happens. Like the, the ball goes off the bat. I'm like, oh boy, like another another home run. I mean, I can never get enough of it, Corey. 
He's had 305 plate appearances, Brendan. I know. 2.9 wins above replacement. Let's just call it three. We're going to round up. He's been a three-win player. We just played the first series after the All-Star break, This feels so good. And and just to kind of tie it back to the past discussion, you don't have to worry about a big part of the middle infield for next season. Of course, you need to see Nico go through the entire season, showcase his health, maybe go through some more adjustment phases, but he's well on his way to cementing himself as a significant part of this next Cubs team. And you also hear about his leadership ability, right? I, I mean, I've, I've, I've been kind of... Um, you know, watching this over the past few years, he, he has that, right? Like you hear about his teammates from Stanford. He could be like that captain type figure, you know, demanding that type of, um, you know, tone in the middle of the infield for years to come. That's why I also get so excited about it. Yeah. And I can talk about Nico forever. Yeah, no, and just, you know, really nice to see him continue to add that slug. That's one of those things we, we bring that up a lot because if he continues to add a little bit of slug, you know, raise his ISO, bring that power a little bit, I mean, the ceiling is absurd for him, Brendan. They were talking about it, I think, on the uh, Apple TV broadcast, maybe on Friday, just about how deliberate he is in the field. They they were going through how, you know, he's very conscious about when he's making, you know, full throttle throws from short and kind of having that internal clock of knowing, like, I don't need to gun this over because this guy's slow and I can protect my arm that way. Just sort of how thoughtful he is as a player. And I think that sort of, you know, goes along with how you're talking about him being a leader and things like that. We know he's a Stanford guy, right? So we know uh, he's he's got a, a good brain in there. But it was just interesting to hear that and you, you put it all together like, this is just a a really really valuable baseball player that the Cubs have, and it's a it's a credit to you know Nico for sure because we've talked it's it's a it's a widely known thing that you know he was called up very early in his career, much earlier than anybody expected, and then he goes right into the 2020 uh, you know pandemic season, which is weird for everybody, right? And so to be able to make these adjustments and improve in the areas that, you know, when he was drafted, you wanted him to improve upon. It's just really impressive. And it's such a credit to him and the Cubs development system and what they saw when they drafted him in the first place. You know, I'm I'm sure to uh, the the team that drafted him and, and everybody that was scouting him at the time, this is not a surprise right? And I don't think it's a surprise to to you or, or me or, or a lot of Cubs fans that, are, you know, believed in him, but it's one thing to believe in it, and it's another thing to see it at the major yeah. league level, especially when you had such a weird and tumultuous, I would say, beginning to your career. Like, he was called up as a 22-year-old in 2019 at the end of a season that had really high expectations, Brendan, to fill in for Javi Baez, right? Like, that's not easy. And then you go into the next season, it's 60 games with no fans. And here we are a few years later, and I mean, we're looking at a, a what? A, a four, four and a half win player by the by year's end? I mean, this is really impressive. It's insane. And because, like, going into the year, we talk about, okay, we need to see more Nico power. But there were possibilities where even Nico's opportunities would not be so high because you have to get other guys looks as well. Like, you know, Nick Madrigal, they were talking about uh, bringing in 
before they signed Simmons, uh, you know, hire free agents at shortstop. They still they're still doing that now. So it seemed as if although Nico's potential was so high, the opportunities just may be kind of you know, naturally running thinner because you have so many other potential guys in there, which again, this goes back to the earlier point, give these guys as many at-bats as possible. But Nico's here to say he's a significant part of this team and, um, you know, he deserves all the the accolades that he's now being talked about uh, in the social media sphere. Okay, uh, another quick break here from our sponsor, PointsBet. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use the code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, email PointsBet at allchgo.com. We'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish. All from your phone, you'll be signing up with the fastest sports book that's easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet live with PointsBet. Gamble problem call 1-800-522-4700. right, Brendan, let's talk uh, a little pitching. Before we get into pitching, obviously want to give uh, a shout out to Jan Gomes. Big game on Sunday. Uh, You know, we've talked about it a lot and I know uh, our guys Luke, Cody, Ryan, and Jared talked about it a little during their uh, live viewing of the game on Sunday. Uh, but you know, his, his hitting Gomes hasn't been great all year, but the, the contributions he's made to the pitching staff, his catching, his game calling, all of that stuff, uh, has been, you know, pretty widely praised. And, you know, when you can get games like you did on Sunday, uh, where you give Wilson a day off, get him off his legs for a day and you get that production from catcher, it's, it's nice to see. And as we've said many times, something we wish the Cubs would have done, uh, you know, for the past few seasons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but let's talk a little pitching, uh, what we saw this weekend. Uh, firstly, uh, Drew Smiley, really nice start on Sunday, a quality start. And I agree with Luke Stuckmeyer, who said it in the post game earlier on Sunday afternoon, hey, you, you, he shouldn't pitch again for the Cubs. Like, this was the showcase. It's exactly what you're looking for if you're looking for a veteran starter. No walks, quality start, just four hits, four strikeouts. That should be it for him as a Chicago Cub. Thanks for coming, and let's see. You know, you may not get something super exciting for him, uh, but the fact that he was able to work back from the injury and create this value, hopefully, like that's that's that was the whole point. And I think you've yeah. you've gotten there, and you know, we can call it an experiment here. Yeah, he threw over six innings, too, against Philly. So maybe that was a showcase to other teams saying he's healthy, he has the stamina, he came back throwing in the seventh inning. But he also threw uh, four innings in his previous start. Uh, That's a good sign. Now, as Luke said, he probably shouldn't pitch again. Right. Uh, (laughs) But... Uh, with with the trade deadline now was eight days away, they still may have to go out there and, and do it. Just keep him on schedule. Um, but hopefully he is, you know, off. It's weird to say. Hopefully he's off this team yeah. in the next week. But you cannot outline a more perfect scenario to trade a guy who's had a recent history of injuries. Right. Uh, yeah. So let's Jed get on the phone. He looks I mean, good. Right now, I mean, six innings, eighty three pitches. Yeah. You know. Thank you, Drew, for your contribution. Best of luck. Hopefully you go to a playoff contender 
it's a, a mutual win for everybody, right? Um, David Robertson, same situation. I've been saying this for like a month that they should be on the phone trying to uh, see if they can move him. I really enjoy David Robertson. It's a shame that this is when he's been a part of the Cubs organization, but he has just been so good. And like, you know, he gave up a hit and a walk on Sunday, but his stuff looks so good. He's darting the corners, really nice movement, gets some ugly swings with his breaking pitches. He looks really good. I think he's going to be a very sought after uh, player for a lot of teams uh, looking for a closer or back end relief help. Like, it's a pretty obvious. Uh, that he is one of the best trade candidates available with the way that he has performed. Similar to Drew, I, like, I might be trying to do that quickly, right? Bullpen guys are volatile. We've seen that with Craig Kimbrell. They're not the same player, but the longer you, he, I don't think he can look any better is the point, Brendan. Uh, yeah. But it's a bullpen. It's closing games. Things can definitely look worse, right? So get those calls in. Take your take your offers. Let the uh, bargaining begin, and you know, let's try to do that quickly because the value I don't think can be any higher, and it's quite high. Yeah, you know, it's weird. I feel like in years past, in especially especially last year, they traded Jock Peterson earlier before the deadline. You're not hearing many reports with these guys connected. Uh, it's a little weird to me. I wonder if it's because of the the draft and. Um, you know, the the weird CBA stuff over the past six to seven months. But I'm hoping that some moves are made relatively soon because it does start to kind of peak your anxiety a little bit. Even Robertson had some very small problems in the past two weeks, more recently before that that all-star break. You want to try to get the most out of these guys as possible. And, and right. whether that means, you know, you scale back their usage I, I, I don't quite know. Yeah. Uh, Robertson has been used a lot recently, and it does give me a little bit of concern. Yeah, for some of them, there's just nothing to be gained by it. Yeah. Right? Like, there there's just nothing. Like, David Robertson cannot look any better than he has for the Cubs. You just can't throw Efros every single day, yeah, though, right. right? Like, if you don't, if you don't right. throw He's, uh, Some of these other guys are going to get the Steve Ceshek, Joe Madden treatment. Because, I, mean, I think Efros is already on that trajectory, Yeah, dude. And, you know, it's the same for Smiley. Like, maybe teams want to see that he can go again, you know, pitch every fifth day or whatever, see that he's, you know, truly healthy. But, you know, you get him coming back from an injury, a really efficient six innings on Sunday, no walks. Like, I I don't, I I think there's only risk in him pitching again. I don't think that anything anyone would see is going to really confirm that, right? They'll look at his medicals. They'll see what's up. They saw him on Sunday. I, I just don't think that there's any good that comes from some of these guys appearing again, or at least too much right? Like, you got to be very deliberate with how you're using these guys. Um, and, you know, another guy that we saw this weekend, uh, a really nice start from Marcus Stroman. And, you know, I know he had, you know, that that one real blow-up outing um, earlier this year, obviously worked through, you know, some injury stuff, some COVID stuff. Um, but the, the peripherals, Brendan, he's got a 4.38 ERA, but a 3.72 FIP. So, you know, pretty significantly better. His expected FIP is 3.26. Um, it, it certainly has not been the season so far that I think all of us would have hoped for. Certainly not that Marcus would have hoped for. He holds himself to a, a pretty excruciatingly high standard just based on how he speaks and how he talks and goes about his work. Uh, but when you look at the underlying numbers, 
Um, his K per nine is right now the best in his career at 8.61. Uh, his walks per nine, 2.48, uh, you know, one of the better numbers in his career since he, you know, his first few seasons in Toronto. So the underlying stuff looks good. Uh, and this is a guy who is going to be here, you know, with this team going forward. I, I think despite, if you don't look at the ERA and, you know, you take into account that he's missed some time, he's been, I think, the guy that, you know, or close to the guy that you were expecting. Yeah, I mean, it's good to see, uh, you know, like Smiley, that, that stamina from from Stroman. And uh, his pitch mix looked really familiar from years past. In this one, he leaned heavily on the sinker. But in other starts throughout his career, he's done the opposite, where he leans on four seamers. But he has six pitches to use from his repertoire. And that's what makes him so dynamic and so consistent on a year-to-year basis so from Strowman's perspective just keep pitching stay healthy I've had zero concerns about him despite some of the injuries and weird ramp up periods but the shoulder inflammation he's gone through recently anytime you have a pitcher with a shoulder problem it does kind of like you know trigger an alarm a little bit so for him to come out and already show stamina gives me a lot of a lot of peace a lot of inner peace that he can go through uh the order multiple times yeah i I think the the takeaway with stro is that he's i think he's the guy you think he is right and he's going to be that guy um as long as he stays healthy um so there, I, I also just wanted to mention, like, this was a really strong weekend in the Cubs minor league system. Um, and I, I think it's it's going to be interesting to see how they approach this deadline, Brendan, right? None of us are particularly excited about what's going to happen in the next week or so. But again, this is what they're doing. You want them to succeed. But what's really interesting is you just look at, like, the the depth of this farm system feels very strong. So what the Cubs decide to prioritize, right, in the in the the last few, you know, significant trades, a lot of them obviously very young, um, high toolsy talent, right? A lot of guys still in their teens, um, far away from the majors, etc. But as things have progressed, you know, since the the Darvish trade, basically, like a lot of these guys have shown really, really well and have graduated to different levels and are performing at those levels. And you just look at the depth, as we talked about, as it related to needing to bring guys up to the majors, right? Like, it's going to be interesting to see, do they prioritize major league ready guys, more young guys, uh, major league talent, like what they are going after is going to be interesting to see. But this was just like, like everybody that you're thinking about homered, I think this weekend, Alexander Canario has two home runs on Sunday afternoon. He's, He's walking more too, by the way, I'm just going off. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Miguel Amaya back in double a, he hit a home run this weekend. Bryce ball hit a long home run. PCA hitting homers. Owen Casey. I, it, it, it just like when you looked at, I think it was Brett from Bleacher Nation, uh, who just tweeted yesterday. Uh, this was a really good day simply for, the Cubs system. Uh, it just, it, it was one of those days where like every name you're paying attention to had a big day, especially at the plate. 
and it was really fun to watch. It's almost difficult to like recap it all because there's like 15 guys. Yeah, so place. many guys were succeeding yesterday. It was really something. Yeah, it's and it, they're like these hot streaks. Like PCA's hot streak is continuing even. Uh, going through that quick all-star break there, so it's good to see him do that, especially coming off some some minor uh, some minor injuries earlier on in the season as well. Yeah, so, Kevin Alcantara uh, on Saturday, yeah. four for four with a walk and a triple. He didn't join the homer squad, uh, but you know I, I'm looking at this tweet from uh, you know friend of the podcast Greg Huss uh, at Out of the Vines on Twitter, and he just listed a bunch of guys. Uh, Crook hit two home runs on Saturday. Uh, Canario with a homer and three walks, and that was before Sunday. I mentioned Bryce Ball with a homer, Miguel Amaya with a homer, Chase Strum, three for five with a walk and two doubles, PCA with a homer, Owen Casey, three for three with a walk and a homer. I I mean, this, and that's not even the whole list. It just was, again, like, we all don't believe that the Cubs should be in this, you know, rebuild process so soon after they did the last one. But as we always say, like, you, you want it to go well. You want Jed to be doing well in these trades and how they're developing these guys. And the results right now, this is exactly what you want to see. The, the questions you're asking right now about so many of these highly touted prospects that were either in the Cubs system or came over from trades or that they drafted is not what do they do you know, what's going to happen with this guy or what's, what's, what's behind the struggles. The question you're asking with most of these guys is do they belong at the level they're currently at? Because the answer seems no. And they, they, they might need to be moved up. Like the question you're asking with so many of these guys is, are they wasting their time at the current level that they're at? Because they seem to be doing so well. That's a, a good potential discussion to have if they're wasting their time at those levels. So, you know, as much as bad has happened on the major league level in the past year and a half, it is good to see some of the, the developmental guys take massive strides here in the past month and a half. Okay, so let's preview this two-game set against the Pittsburgh Pirates starting Monday back at Wrigley Field. The game starts at 7.05 p.m. Central. We have Samson pitching for the Cubs, getting more opportunities out of the rotation. He's 0-1 with a 3.34 ERA this season. Brubaker will be pitching for Pittsburgh. He is 2-8 with a 4.02 ERA. And then to finish off this quick set, we have an afternoon start time on Tuesday at 1.20 p.m. We have Keegan pitching for the Cubs. Hopefully he continues his good stretch here. He is 7-4 with a 3.43 ERA. He'll be facing Wilson on Pittsburgh, who is 1-5 with a 6.52 ERA. Both the Pirates and the Cubs have been struggling. Pittsburgh is 40-55. and 50 feet, uh, 40 and 55. Cubs now 38-57. and 57. Not 20 games under 500, Corey. So making baby steps there. Only 19 this time. Back in the teens, under 500. Good to see. Uh, so what I'm looking for in this series is just, again, maximizing opportunities from Nelson Velasquez, Christopher Morell. Maybe we get more insight on potential trade candidates on this team. Maybe we hear more about Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. They were connected to the San Diego Padres and trade rumors. So you don't want to get too much into the, the thick of things here because you have so much more time left. But this is the time, but a week away, where you start really wondering, could this be today? Could it be now? Could it be tomorrow? And then you start thinking about the type of returns yeah, you might get. Yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it is it's going to be 
whether we want to be here or not, interesting to see how Jed does, what they are looking at, what they're prioritizing. And, you know, in, in some ways it may indicate, you know, where their head is at as far as uh, what they're going to do this off season, and, you know, how soon they might aim to be competitive again. Um, you know, maybe you can kind of read into what they're doing based on that. Um, maybe not. But it's, yeah, look, as we as we always say, we're going to get through this together. Um, Brendan and I and, and the entire CHGO Cubs crew will, will have you covered for everything that the Cubs end up doing. Um, and, you know, as I said, I'm going to go to Wrigley Field on Monday night. Uh, I was there when Wilson Contreras debuted in uh, 2016 hit that home run against the Pirates, and I will be there uh, for these games against the Pirates at Wrigley Field. The writing on the wall, Brendan, whether we like it or not, if you read what the beat writers say, is that these are going to be his last two games as a Cub at Wrigley, at least for now, right? Perhaps they reunite in the offseason. I'm skeptical of that, but perhaps, right? Anything is possible, but the 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 writing from the the beat writers is that this isn't really a question right it's something that is going to happen so it's it brings the mood down a little bit this has been i think a very positive podcast um but this is this is where it is and i think it's best to just be prepared for these things um and we will you know have a ton of coverage of that and and speak about those things uh, but I, you know, and I think I had the same attitude last year, Brendan, when I went to those games, uh, and it was, you know, those guys last times, like, I'm going to appreciate watching Wilson Contreras play as a Chicago Cub at Wrigley Field for as long as I can. And for the moment, that seems like it's two more games. So I'm going to enjoy that. Um, and I'm going to cheer for him. And as I, I, you know, I always feel with these situations, I think the only thing that we can do as fans is do our best to make sure that Wilson and whoever else may be moving on uh, knows how we feel about them and knows how much we appreciate what they have done for this organization, for this team, for the fans, for the community over, uh, you know, the years that they have been in this organization. And the rest is out of our hands folks. So we, you know, I think most of us feel the same about this, but like we'll get through it together. And hopefully, uh, you know, as we talk about a lot of the stuff that we're optimistic about, we get to the other side of this process, uh, sooner rather than later. But, uh, that's, that's where we are, Brendan. It's, you know, it's, it's where we are. Yeah. Yeah. I have nothing to say. Yeah. I'm sick of doing no, this. That's, this better be the last yeah, time. Yeah, that, that uh, is gotcha. also true. We, we've talked about how, you know, this is this is difficult, man. Um, it's a difficult process to go to. It feels kind of like unfair to all of us, right? That this is, yeah, no, it is kind unfair. Um, we <laughs> we deserve better than this, than to be, you know, every trade deadline be, you know, figuring out how to properly say farewell to guys that have been in this organization for, you know, near a decade or over a decade in some cases, uh, and having to deal with the emotional turmoil that follows. Uh, but like I said, hopefully it, it better be the last time, as you said, Brennan, uh, I'm just going to be like ignoring the next two days. You guys like, that's, that's how I'm going to cope with it. I'll just be watching Nico home runs yeah. on repeat. We all have our ways days. of coping. Just, uh, Brendan. yeah, 
that's yeah. what I do. Um, I'm not going to watch it. So I think I love Wilson, I, but can't I'm, do it to myself. I'm praying for our guy Cody because I think he's going to eat a lot of ice cream in the next week or so. That's yeah, he that is his way of coping. Uh, but you know, again, it's it's where we are. Prepare yourself. I think it's just always best to be prepared. Uh, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, as, as always, hopefully whatever Jed is doing, whether we agree with it or not, it's, it's over in the long term better for the Cubs organization. But this was a really nice start to the second half. The Cubs sweep the Phillies, their first sweep of the year. Always good to play like this against a team that is uh, finding themselves in the playoff mix, whether the Cubs are or not. It was a fun weekend of baseball. Nice to have the Cubs back, and hopefully they can continue that uh, with two games at beautiful, historic Wrigley Field on Monday and Tuesday. Thank you, as always, for joining Brendan and I. We will talk to you after the Cubs and Pirates finish up with those two games. Uh, Don't miss, of course, the CHGO Cubs pre and post for those games on Monday and Tuesday. We appreciate your support for CHGO and all things CHGO Cubs. And as always, go Cubs.